Welcome to building phase of Projects of Orpimi, the um, life skills based on the halachas of Beis Amidash for the three weeks. This is our job of best. Um, the question for today is, uh, you know, it sounds like a woo-woo question, who am I really? Who am I really? And it focuses around a special set of doors that are kind of familiar. Because these doors, they're known as Nicanor's doors, and there's pretty famous story about them, that when you're going into the, the temple court, when you're going from the Ezra's Nashim in the base of Mikdash, where there are four chambers, and you're, you've gone up the stairs, the 15 steps, etc., you come to these giant doors, two giant bronze gates, and they're called the gates of Nicanor. And of course, all the gates in the base of Mikdash were gold, and these were bronze. And what's the story in short form, because a lot of people have heard it. The when the base of Migdash was built, the second base of Migdash was built, after everyone left Babel, after the second, the Babylonian exile, it was a pretty poor community in Eretz Yisrael. And so all they could do when they were building the base of Migdash is put up simple wooden gates. And over the years, the community became more established, and eventually better off, and eventually a wealthy man named Nicknor decided that he was going to donate two bronze gates to replace the old wooden ones. So he traveled to Egypt, where they did really excellent bronze work, the best in the world, and he hired craftsmen, master craftsmen, and he was overseeing every detail of making these two artistically engraved gates. After all, they are leading into the part of the base of Migdash, where the sacrifices, the karbanas are being brought, where that's the real meat of the Avaida. You know, that's where we do what we came to do. We go past, through those gates, and then the real work begins. You know, and then we go to get close to Hashem, move, move out of the way through the karbanas, all the things that were in the way, eventually, and face, really, and face the temple building. So these are very, this, these, these gates are a gateway to the tools that we have, the gifts that were given by Hashem to be able to right all the wrongs, rectify whatever went wrong, and really step into our, our higher self. So he really put a lot, Nicanor put a lot into making sure that these two engraved gates were as beautiful as could be. And then, when they were done, he loaded them on a ship, and they set sail back to Eretz Yisrael. Of course, wouldn't you know it? If something's that important, it's not going to go so easily. So a violent storm broke out. Waves, heavy waves, thrashing. If you're on a boat, I guess these days maybe the boats are, um, they have various, you know, you don't hear about boats capsizing much. Maybe people don't go on boats. But in those days, imagine you're on a boat, you're on a boat, and the boat is um, being filled with water, and it easily tipped. And the crew was terrified. Especially, I guess you have to put the sails down and make sure that it doesn't tip. But it was kind of going side to side to side to side, and any minute it would tip over and everybody would end up in the sea. But what they decide to do, what do you usually do? In such a case, you're not going to throw the people over sea. 
over the side, over the edge. So they took some of the ship's cargo. They said, let's make the, let's make the, the ship a little lighter. And everybody looked at Nicanor's heavy gates. Maybe they were the heaviest thing there. So they're going to be the first things to go. And one of the sailors lifted one of the bronze gates and tossed it into the sea. Figuring, figuring that the sea, that the storm will subside. But it didn't. And you know, and that the ship would be lighter. But it didn't. So the sailor's eyes fell on the second gate. And at that point, Nicanor stepped in and said, if you're going to throw this gate into the sea, toss me into the sea as well. So people didn't know what to do. They looked at Nicanor. What do they do? Are they going to throw him in too? He's obviously ready to be Meister Nefesh to sacrifice himself for these gates. Because we have to realize what these gates are all about, what we just said before. Not only that they were expensive, you know, okay, he paid a lot of money for these gates, so he doesn't want them to be, you know, and he didn't have a money-back guarantee. But what these gates represented is what we said. It's a gateway into you being able to right all the wrongs, correct what went wrong, straighten things out and take and get a fresh start in life. That kind of thing you don't easily give up. All of Judaism is based on that. Based on there's always a fresh start. And these gates were the doorway to that fresh start. Although he couldn't prevent them from throwing the first one in, he wasn't going to let the second one go in. And he was ready to go in with it. At that moment, Hashem made a miracle. And the rain suddenly stopped, and the storm subsided. So everybody was happy, except for Nicanor. Because the rest of the trip, he thought, I lost one gate. I should have defended it with my life. And then, right, that must have been a really hard trip for him. He was saved, but it wasn't saved. And all of Kali Yisrael was kind of depending on these gates in a way. So when they finally got to Akko, they got off, and imagine the surprise, when from under the ship's hull emerged the gate that had been thrown into the sea. You want to explain it according to the the laws of nature? Okay, Um, it got stuck underneath and it just got dragged along with the ship the whole way. Okay, good. Nice miracle, nicely clothed in nature but a miracle nonetheless. And we know that miracles really come often as a result of our stepping into a miraculous way of being. When we go beyond ourselves and we say, I am going, I, I am going to value holiness even more than my own selfhood, and that's a miraculous space to be in, miracles start to happen. So those gates, it was a great joy, great simcha, and those gates were brought to the base of Migdash. And sometime later, all the wooden gates of the base of Migdash were replaced with gold ones, except for his. Because there was so much self-sacrifice, so much mysterious nefesh, they never replaced his gates. The bronze gates were not, bronze gates were not replaced. And the sages said, 
Their bronze shone like gold. So here's the question. Remember we said at the beginning, who am I? So on the one hand, we can say he had tremendous self-sacrifice, Mr. Nefesh, for this holiness, for this, for the base of Mikdash. Then he was ready to be thrown into the sea. And on a higher level, you can say that he didn't need to be thrown into the sea. Once that gateway to us being able to um, create a fresh start in life and go straight to holiness and create a fresh start from that very that that holy point, the gateway to that. Once that's gone. You are in the sea. He was in the sea. In other words, there wasn't anything left. What did he have to lose? Once that opportunity is lost, once that, once that core part of Judaism, of Yiddishkeit, is, is forfeited, then everything is forfeited. You know, we sometimes question, you know, what's more important, you know, should you be involved in the physical world or in the spiritual world, should you be sitting and learning a whole day, or should you be out, uh, you know, doing business, and once upon a time, it was really that or that, and we've come to a point in history, especially in the seventh generation, where it's not whether you should be involved in physical things, you know, really, you're going to spend the whole afternoon going looking for chairs, dining room chairs, uh, yeah, I'm going to spend the whole afternoon going looking for dining room chairs. Oh, shouldn't you be home learning? No, I shouldn't be home learning. I should be out there getting dining room chairs because the question isn't what I'm, whether I spent those three hours on finding the dining room chairs. It's physical stuff. Come on. The question is, what am I going to do with it? Why am I buying dining room chairs? In fact, why am I sitting at home and learning? Why am I doing anything? Not what am I doing. Why am I doing anything? And what Hashem is asking us, to do it for is as a part of the building of the base of English, as a part of, part of the ushering in of the Geula. So I'm buying d- dining room chairs not just to build the base of English. This is an, a part of the base of English. So I'm making sure I get it right. And I want to choose them right. And my learning is part of the building of the base of English. So I want to make sure I do it right. So and what he was sort of saying, what Nicanor was saying at that moment when he said, if you're going to throw this gate to the sea, which we're interpreting, this gate means the opportunity to start fresh, to right the wrongs, any wrongs that I've done to right them and to go and, and to move forward into a fresh, brand new space. If you're going to throw that away, throw it into the sea, What's left of me? That is who I am. If I am a Jew, I am. If I, if I sync myself up with Tyra and Tyra truth, then Tyra is, you always have a fresh start. And if I'm in sync with Tyra, then my beinghood will be, you always have a fresh start. Whether I'm relating to other people or to myself. And our goal is, To live in that space, you always have a fresh start, which then devolves when you're with other people, being forgiving because, hey, let's let's 
start over. Let's have a fresh start. I'm looking at myself. Hey, let's have a fresh start. And every single thing, the fresh start. And so that's what he was saying. He was saying not only he might as well jump into the sea, but living without that, living without that core of Tyra, he's kind of, God forbid, so to speak, emotionally and spiritually drowning anyway. He might as well just let go because it's not real life. And real life is living with what those gates represent, with what they offer, with the doorway that they that they frame that becomes a doorway to our infinite life in which you can just, you can go forever, as we will in Yemais and Mashiach, you can go forever because you always come back to square one, to zero, fresh, clean. And therefore, life will be not with the bogged down stuff of like all the old baggage of look what I did and look what she did and look what they did, but fresh, 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 brand new. And to end off, that's what we see with the Nasi Hadar. He lives in a fresh space, brand new, every single second. We'll say more on that in subsequent um, audios, but for now, we're just going to end with a tefillah. Hashem, we want to step into that brand new fresh space of the base of Megashashlishi, the brand new moment, the brand new place, the brand new me. Take us to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema in the base of Megashashlishi. May it be immediately now.